This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo, and today I have again our uh, guest, Miranda Viscoli, who is the co-president of New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence. It's great to have you back, and it's uh, also um, uh, with the fact in mind that we've had two shootings, mass shootings here in New Mexico within the, what, past uh, three weeks? Yes, past three weeks, that's correct. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Certainly. I guess let's let's talk about the shootings first and then what you guys are doing and um, some other current things that are happening in gun violence prevention. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we've had two shootings. One was in Farmington, and that circumstance was... That was a circumstance where a young man turned 18 and the first thing he did was buy an assault style AR-15 rifle and use that to shoot up a neighborhood. Mm. He also lived in a home with 10 other unlocked firearms that his father owned and hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think he killed three women all in their there's seventy two seventy year olds and a ninety seven year old yeah, and injured and traumatized a whole neighborhood and injured others oddly enough, his friend um was texting him saying, "Get down if you're in our neighborhood, there's a shooting, not realizing that his friend was the one who was committing the shooting incredible and his friend said, "I always knew he would do something bad, but I didn't know it would be this because he suffered from voices in his head, yeah. so why would he have why would he have the ability to buy a firearm? In fact, and and basically, <clears throat> as soon as he turned eighteen, that's what he did. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, so there's there are there are ways that the, all of this could have been prevented. Right. Uh, we had legislation to raise the age of the ability to purchase semi-automatic uh, firearms to twenty-one. He was eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, we have the ERPO Extreme Risk Protection Order Law to get make sure that folks like him do not have um, firearms and are not in possession of firearms. Again, we did pass the Benny Hargrove bill, but he, um, he because he was 18, he might have aged out of that bill, um, where parents are held accountable um, if their gun is used um, in a shooting and hurts somebody else. But in this case, it was actually the young man's firearm. Yeah, he went and bought his own gun and he left his... Uh the, the guns in the parents' home alone. He did have two other, um, I think, semi-automatic handguns on his possession. I don't know if those were used in the shootings. And if they were handguns, he wouldn't have been able to have purchased those because he's 18. That's true, yes. Okay. All right. Well, okay, that's one. Okay. <laughs> Check. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the other one, just uh, this past uh, week, is it, it was over the weekend? Or it was last week weekend, Memorial Day. Right. Memorial Day on Sunday. Okay. Um we had, uh, I don't know, it was like a, a motorcycle rally, something. Yeah, and it was really sad because I actually wanted to go. I'm kind of glad I didn't at this point. Um, it's this really amazing rally they do every year in Red River mm -hmm. um, with different motorcycle gangs. It's a family event. And this time there were there was some motorcycle gang rivalry that ended up in a, in a mass shooting. And now, sadly, the... the um, that event has been canceled permanently. They're right, not only going to do Memorial Day celebrations. And that's not, I mean, that was a great event for people who have motorcycles to get together. And right. It was a family, friend, fun, friendly family event. Now it's destroyed because, right. you know, of, of 
bunch of idiots with guns shooting at each other. Right. Well, uh, which seems to be going on um, all over the country still. Is that an overreaction by the by the community, or is that just sort of like I'm fed up? I wouldn't. If I were them, I wouldn't. God forbid it happened again. They'd never right. forgive themselves, right? I right. mean, I don't think. I think they made the right choice. I don't think they had. They didn't have another choice because now. They will always <laughs> the standard has been set, yeah, right? No, I, well, I mean, now there it's just always going to be a concern, and also it's not fair to motorcycle gangs, right? I mean, it doesn't. That's not the majority of motorcycle gangs in no. this country, no, right? No, it's just sort of a stereotype that is born out got, of the '60s yeah. and '70s, uh, maybe even the '50s. I don't know. I mean, there's one motorcycle gang that actually I forget their name. They're amazing. They go to court. And they sit next to kids who have to face their abusive parents mm. so that the parents can't intimidate them. Right. And they sit there looking real tough and they protect the kids. Right. right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Th- there, and there was a similar group that uh, during the uh, Iraq war and Afghan war uh, would accompany families with uh, the bodies of the, the soldiers they lost because they were, oddly enough, some protesters who right. were saying that those people were going to hell for some reason. They did that uh, <laughs> also for the, the after the Sandy Hook shooting, that odd cult that wanted to blame the parents, saying it's because they were evil. Yeah. A motorcycle gang actually, they were going to show up to the funerals, and mo- a, mo- a motorcycle gang actually gave a perimeter a wall and a right? barrier so that the families could grieve. And these, without, there's no word to describe those people. Yeah. <laughs> I right. should stay on air. But <laughs> they weren't allowed to to terrorize families that had lost their six-year-olds to gun violence. Right. Okay. That's stuff that's close to home. That's right here in New Mexico. Uh, what, about a month ago, we had a, there was another one. Wasn't there one? At the, yeah, the, or maybe it was two months ago. Gosh, it, it's been recently. There was Sorry. another shooting in a, in a grammar school. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That was the one in Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee, the nine-year-olds. Right. Again, a, a, this time a young woman who had possession of an AR-15, and when she turned 18, purchased one, and that's what happened. Okay. Now, so I'm not sure if it was the, the Tennessee shooting, but there have been uh, three or four or more shootings with what people refer to as AR, AR-15-style weapons, but uh, are pistols that have, in addition, a what's known as a brace which makes it possible to shoulder what is otherwise a pistol and make it more accurate. Like a bump stock. It's not a bump stock, but it turns a pistol more or less into a rifle. So a bump stock is so that you can shoot practically uh, at, uh, you know, automatic fire. Uh, The brace, the pistol brace, was originally made for disabled gun owners and or veterans so that they could hold a AR-style pistol with one hand instead of if they were missing another. I see. Uh, uh, you know, hand. I know, and ATF is also going after auto sears. Right. So, but the problem the problem is if it's just ATF going after it. So we were trying to ban auto sears in New Mexico this past legislative session because ATF is doing it. It's not a. It doesn't become law. Well, here's what's interesting. So the ATF has essentially through this order that had been out for review uh, for the past couple of years, banned these braces, pistol braces, 
and your options were if you had a, a, a gun with the pistol brace, you could register it as a short-barreled rifle, you could destroy the gun, you could turn it into the ATF, or you could remove the brace and ensure that it could never be right. reattached. That's gone into effect as of uh, today is the 2nd of June. Yesterday was the first day that that is actually in effect. Uh, and for for many people in the, the gun community, it was you know a hair-on-fire moment because it's it's not been – it hasn't been stopped by a court order. And the, again, the problem is it's ATF, so only ATF officers can uphold that order. Mm-hmm. Local law enforcement can't. And we have two ATF officers in New Mexico. Right. Yeah, and there's supposed to be close to 40 million of these yeah. out there. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction. But that needs to actually be legislation in the state that is passed into yeah. law so that our local law enforcement can actually enforce it. Right. In fact, the, some of the arguments that are out there are that because it is apparently a law and that the ATF did it through a a, a notice or an order, right. it'll get overturned by the, Probably, the, yeah. the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, on the other hand, it is something that has gone into effect. I know it's impacted um, those folks who are law-abiding and interested in not having their gun taken away and or being fined uh, several hundred thousand dollars and spending 10 years in prison. Well, I'm glad you let me know because now I'll get rid of mine. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. She, she's joking. She's joking. Yeah, she's joking. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if you had an AR pistol and you took your brace off, it would be perfectly legitimate. But uh, okay. That's a- true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she, she, she was joking. <laughs> However... For people who, let's say, had one of those and or any other kind of uh, firearm that they decided they no longer wanted, uh, your group has held, uh, I think, up to, what is it, 17 now gun buybacks. Right. And in July, you'll be having another one. We're having one in Taos on July 1st. And this gives people an opportunity to bring in their unwanted working firearms. We do get illegal firearms. It is no questions asked. The police are very relieved to get those out of circulation. For some reason, a lot of people seem to own a ridiculous amount of sawed-off shotguns. Hmm. So we do get those in, and um, no questions asked. You leave with your gift card, um, but you cannot own legally a sawed-off shotgun. Most of them look like they came from the 80s. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some of them are duct taped together. Wow. Yeah. Those we don't take because they have to be in working order. This is just that opportunity to get those unwanted guns out of circulation. It's not anti-gun. We have people who bring in guns who still have some they want to keep. But they know that the minute they sell their gun, the story of that gun is no longer a part of their control, right? Right. They could sell it to Joe down the street, and they don't know Joe's an idiot and is going to keep it unlocked in his car, and a teenager steals it out of that car and commits a school shooting, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So this gives people an opportunity to know that it won't be ever go into unsafe hands. We dismantle them on site to ATF standards, and um, then youth from RFK Charter School um, forge them into gardening tools. Um, We pay them to forge them, and then the rest of the money goes to purchasing more gift cards from our buybacks. Very nice. July in Taos. And it goes from um, 10 to 1, and uh, we'll be there till the very end, um, but if we run out of gift cards, then you can still turn them in, but we won't have gift cards. So if you want to make sure that you're going to get your gun... um, 
get, get the gift cards, um, get there early. Mm-hmm. We give Amazon, Walmart, Smith's, Chevron Gas, and Target cards. Right. Okay. Where's the location again? It's at the Taos Sheriff's Department. I think it's and, off of Lovato Place. Okay. Yeah. And we may well have you on again before that uh, event, just to remind everybody. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Great conversations from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on the red donate button in the upper right-hand corner to become an active, sustaining member of Radio Free Galisteo. Okay, you have had several initiatives going um, in in the state that dur- during the school year uh, that included school kids. Uh, how did those yeah, How so did we, those roll out? They actually turned out really well. So we have been we spent the past three months doing eight week long gun violence prevention workshops with youth in um, Albuquerque, and we like to do it for eight weeks because they get repeated. A repeated discussions. We have guest speakers, we watch films, we have art projects, and we have facilitated discussions. We have one um, one of our speakers, for instance, is Javier Vazquez, who um, he's now in a wheelchair. He was shot when he was 15. Mm. Um, very impactful story that some of the kids who we've been dealing with who are gangs have actually gone up to him and said, you just changed my life. I'm done. Um, he just, the way he tells his story, and it's such a profound story, of strength, resilience, but also forgiveness. He saw his, he's seen his shooter four times, just once about a month ago. And the kids were like, how come you don't get your homies to kill him? And he's like, what's that going to do? Make it so another set of parents never see their kid again. He said that the cycle has to stop. So they really hear that. We also have UNM trauma surgeons. We have public defenders. um, We have victims of gun violence. We have a young girl who has committed gun violence so that they really get the whole picture of gun violence. Sure. And our uh, our survey we took at the end actually showed that the eight-week-long class actually made a very profound difference in um, gun violence, how they feel they can prevent gun violence, and how they feel they can make them safe. Mm-hmm. The last class we had, we worked with them to do a pledge to keep safe during the summer, and it broke your heart. They didn't. They were all riding them on cars. They were for them to take home. None of them were sharing what they were riding. And after they were finished, I asked anybody if they wanted to share. Well, a lot of kids did, and they all wrote the same. Much of them, many of them, wrote the same thing, which was, number one, I'm not going to leave my room wow. because it's not safe to go out anymore. And two, I wish my parents would lock up their guns. I don't feel safe in a home with unlocked guns. Those that we heard that over and over and over. And that is the environment our youth are living in, one of complete and total fear. Wow. And also, apparently, in an environment that is currently, due to the the new law, (laughs) a home that is in violation of that law. Well, no, actually, they're not, because the law was very specific in that you don't have to lock up your Oh, okay. But if you choose to leave your semi-automatic handgun on your bedside, table that's not against the law right if that gun gets in the hands of a child or teenager and that child and teenager hurts themselves or somebody else then you are liable okay and in my good. opinion you should be very good thanks for that uh, clarification uh, i should have recalled that myself that's uh, why you have me here yes indeed yes indeed <laughs> uh, so this this brings up an interesting point there was 
an accidental shooting of a child, I think in Albuquerque, by, is it an Albuquerque police officer? Oh, no, it was in Rio Rancho. It was a Santa Fe police officer. Okay. And it was very tragic. It was a perfect example of why you need to lock up your gun. The, the father put the gun on a, on a shelf in the kitchen that he, I guess he thought was high enough. It's also where he put the candy. Oop. And the four-year-old took the gun, played with it, and accidentally shot his two-year-old brother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it was extremely tragic, and it's just another example of why people, especially the young kids, need to keep their guns locked up. Sure. The reason I bring it up, was that before or after the legislation? It was before. It okay. was almost a year before. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> All the way around. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's tragic. Yeah, and that it's, four-year-old it sure will never be the same. The family sure. will never be the same. And, um, and I do feel for the for the parents, I really do. Yeah. Um, because that's that's a horrible tragedy, and it's just. Well, on top of it, I mean, this is, that's an element of this uh, individual's work. Right. So it, it's something that uh, of necessity he was in possession of. Right. So. I mean, there were a lot of guns in that home. Sure. Yeah, there were guns in the closet. There were. Yeah, but it was the service revolver that did it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Any new programs? So another program that we're doing with youth in our schools is the Stop the Bleed program. Uh, First, I thought, no, that's way too traumatizing for our students, um, because what you do is you bring in a UNM trauma um, surgeon or nurse, and they have fake legs with bullet holes, and you teach youth how to stuff the bullet hole. Mm. And kids love it, also how to apply tourniquets, because they feel like they now have a tool. Right. They know what to do if there's, they're at a party and there's a shooting and their friend's bleeding out. They know that if they get a T-shirt and literally stuff that hole, especially if it was an expanding bullet, yeah. which seemed to me what people want to use these days, um, if they stuff that hole and stop the bleeding, that that person has a much higher chance of living, as well as applying tourniquets. And, I mean, kids keep wanting us to come again and do it. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Little uh, gruesome, but uh, unfortunately necessary. Well, I think that's where we are, um, since we're not passing any common sense gun violence legislation. And gun violence is the leading cause of death for children in New Mexico and in the United States. Let's teach them stop the bleed so maybe we can literally stop the bleed. Great. Moving on. You also, one of the other things you guys do is uh, that uh, the training that. um, Yeah, so we're doing. Go ahead. We're, so this, actually, first let me say we're, we're launching, we just launched today um, for June's Gun Violence, Prevention, Gun Violence Prevention Awareness Month. And for that, we are launching a new gun safety campaign. And so what that includes is um, yesterday we started running a six-month PSA, radio PSA, to go throughout all of New Mexico on um, asking gun owners to lock up their guns. In addition to that, we're giving out thousands upon thousands of free gun locks through we're getting them to every DOH county in New Mexico, CYFD offices, juvenile probation offices, and health um, council and clinics. Um, so that's happening. Um, in addition to that, we are doing the two buybacks. And then also we are about to launch a website um, for the extremist protection order law. Mm-hmm. So we've contracted Sheila Lewis, who's been training law enforcement and mental folks working in mental health and um, and uh health in general, um, on how to use the extreme risk protection order um, so that when somebody is deregulated and shouldn't have a firearm for that for a time in that person's life, that gun gets removed, 
Nothing goes on their record, but until things kind of even out. And it's it's just another tool in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated law. It's a very poorly written law. It needs to be amended, unfortunately. Um, but until that happens, we're trying to do everything we can to work with the, we call it the clunky car that we have, right? Right. We'd like a smooth riding, I don't know, what's a fancy car? Oh, uh, uh, Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. But what we're dealing with is a <laughs> a very old car from the 40s that windows don't work. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Uh, an Edsel. It's a, it's a Pinto. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a Ford Pinto. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Edsel was just sort of a, a lemon. Uh, the Pintos blew up. Yeah. yeah, we had one when I was a kid. Oh, glad, you, glad you're still here. Yikes. We got it uh, cheap. <laughs> yeah, you got it after they found out that they blew up, right? Uh, yeah. My, my daddy liked to sail. All right. I got this car for 10 bucks. Let's go for a ride. Uh, okay. Uh, too much too much gallows humor here okay Uh, so what's the best way for someone to participate in that kind of training where can they find out more just go to us go to www.newmexicans to prevent gun violence.org send us an email Uh, the trainings are free we do them for anybody so if you're a a civilian or you're with a group and you want want the trainings yet let us know okay Uh, we will we will train anybody and anyone um, and if you know somebody that you are concerned shouldn't have a firearm and you don't know how to go through the process, again, send us an email. Our trainer will literally walk you through the training. Okay, great. And uh, we will have a link to that with the podcast posting. Let's say somebody just heard that and, and was like, I can't wait to go through the training. I have an issue. What should they do? I mean, if they really have somebody that seriously has an issue, Yeah. Um, call me at... Um, my cell phone number, which the DOH just gave it out to all of New Mexico, so why not? My cell phone number is 323-394-1131. Call me, text me, and we will um, get you taken care of. Okay, very good. This is for the protection order. Yeah, for this is for the extremist protection order. So if, um, you know, your, your uncle, uh, I don't know, suddenly drinking a lot and getting pretty angry, seems pretty deregulated and has a bunch of firearms, you can petition to have those removed and and save that person's life. Okay. And maybe it's it is uncomfortable, but yeah. it saves that person's life. And nothing goes on their record. Nothing hurts their job. Nobody knows. It's kept very quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's not like suddenly you know the whole town's going to know. It's that. not like calling the sheriff and having them run over. No. Which let's let's be clear. There there may be cause for that sort of thing to happen as well. But we're talking about a situation where you're you're you've. Noted that there's a change in behavior, right. and it's not imminent, but it's probably right. wise. And there's due process. A judge makes the finding, decides, mm-hmm. yeah, this does sound like he shouldn't have a firearm right now. Okay. Um, we're getting more and more where the parents of um, kids who are turning 18, because they can now purchase firearms, and they know that they're, not, they're too deregulated where mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. We stopped one person in Edgewood about six months ago. Okay. Out doing good works. What else is going on? Is there anything else that we should know about, or uh, we we kind of hit the, the the big ones? I think we've hit it. I think we've we've hit everything that we're doing we're doing for right now. Okay, very good. That website again is www.newmexicans2preventgunviolence.org. Okay, and uh, you are listening to Miranda Viscoli, who is the co-president of New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence. 
Miranda, always a pleasure to have you on. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon.